the volume. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What is up, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Big show today. We're going to cover a lot. I I recorded this at about 1 o'clock Thursday afternoon. So if some of the coaching things that I talked about, different things happen, my bad. I didn't know. I just could go off the information I had at the time. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the Three and Out Podcast. Subscribe to the Three and Out Podcast. If you listen through Colin's feed... Obviously, the golf podcast coming out every single Wednesday on this feed. The football podcast coming hot and heavy Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Uh, subscribe to the three and out feed. That's the key. Obviously, we do the Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff. You want to get your question answered here on the show. For those of you that want the golf, any golf questions, just f- go to Go Low Pod on Instagram. That's the handle, Go Low Pod. And uh, subscribe to that Instagram, and you can ask questions there as well. Same deal. Same setup. We like interacting with the people. I do it through Instagram. I I found that's the easiest way to keep all your questions kind of in line, uh, at least attempt to. And if I I missed your question, my bad. You know, my my bad. I'm human. (laughs) We make mistakes. And uh, and yeah, let's, let's dive into the show. We just had a guy hired by the Denver Broncos, and for a long period of time, it felt like that Dan Quinn was going to be the next head coach of Denver. He had been, he was friends with, as I call him, General Patton, the GM, and there was a connection and everything on the internet. I, I had no inside information. I was just following the internet, which is not always the best thing to do. But from football people, Dan Quinn, Denver Broncos, it was going to happen. And it turns out that's a media creation. Dan Quinn is still the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. And I could never quite, before we dive into Aaron Rodgers, it actually kind of bothered me. It was like, why would, we just saw for years Dan Quinn in Atlanta be a terrible head coach. He lost Kyle and it was all downhill. And it was like, did we just forget? He's a good guy. Everyone I know that knows him loves the guy. I'm not anti-Dan Quinn, but as a head coach, he's beyond average. So you, And we literally just saw it. Like, it just happened 12 months ago. But one thing that, you know, a little inside the way the business works, agents, unlike baseball, the average assistant coach makes like 75 grand. In basketball, I got a couple friends in the business. Their assistant coaches, besides some of the big, big ones, do not make very much money. In the National Football League, 
being a, the average defensive coordinator in the NFL right now is close to $2 million. A guy like Dan Quinn might be making three. Fangio forever make three. Zimmer's going to make three when he comes back. Wink Martindale making three. Being a number two in the National Football League pays a premium. Offensive coordinators, every offensive coordinator in the NFL. And we know a ton of head coaches call plays. So OCs that don't call plays, every single one of them makes over a million dollars. So when you see the media freak out about these guys not getting opportunities or whatever, never forget, John Madden said, coaches, what they, they're, they're people that are good at recess. And listen, I, I'm pro coaches, but these assistant coaches, most assistant coaches are not good head coaches, would not be good head coaches, and shouldn't become head coaches. But they are not getting screwed. Every offensive coordinator and every defensive coordinator makes over a million dollars. A ton of them make two plus million dollars. There is nothing wrong with being a number two in the NFL, but these agents, they they find these marks. And some of them, I mean, like Schefter and Rapsheet know what they're doing, but they utilize all this stuff in the ether to get more money for everyone. And it's all just this game. And it just, it can be exhausting. Dan Quinn is not a head coach. We saw it. I mean, he's average as the day is long. Now, are these guys, and we'll get into it a little later, is Nathaniel Hackett going to be any good? I don't know. But let's not pretend that Dan Quinn, we don't know exactly what that looks like. He's a defensive guy whose defense was awful. Now, his defense with Dallas is good because they got good players. Uh, So let's get into the Denver Broncos. Uh, One thing I've learned in my 30s, this world's rigged. It's one big game. You're either playing it or you're getting played. And inside deals happen left and right. Actually, I just saw Sean Payton talk about backroom deals happening with him right now. People reaching out through back channels because you'd have to go through the Saints if you wanted him to coach, talking about how they would like him to be their coach. And and most of my friends work in construction, work in farming, but I have a lot of friends in the construction business. And when you go to a bid, I'm sure many people listening might be in that industry. You know, if you want a project, you bid. A lot of projects are done with inside deals. That's the way the world works. (laughs) Most people want to do business with people they know and like. Anyone listening to me right now in sales knows it's not really how good you are. It's how well you know other people. Do they want to do business with you? And when you look at Nathaniel Hackett getting hired by the Denver Broncos, was he the best candidate? Maybe. And listen, I come from a family My dad was as proud of a UC Davis alum as you'll ever meet in your entire life. He would have been so fired up today that a guy from UC Davis is the head coach of the Denver Broncos. It would have been, my dad took so much pride in Chris Peterson, a Davis guy, that was in college football at Boise State. I can't imagine how excited he would be for for Nathaniel Hackett, whose dad was a Bill Walsh disciple and worked. So this guy comes from a football family, but This was done, like, let's just call the elephant in the room. It happens all the time in college basketball. You hire someone's brother to be on your staff because that guy's brother is Kevin Durant. That guy's brother is Clay Thompson. That guy's brother is Derrick Rose. That's the way college basketball has worked forever. And it's notoriously known of all the sports The NBA, the NFL, college football, every single one. College basketball has always been the shadiest because they always do these inside deals. Well, inside deals usually means you get what you want, right? (laughs) Whether you like it or not, that is the way the world works. So you can't convince me, 
Aaron Rodgers last year was pounding his chest that this guy should be a head coach in the league. And think about when they hired Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur was coming from Tennessee where they underwhelmed offensively. Now, looking back, it was Mariota. You know, maybe it just might have been his quarterback wasn't that great. But what did Matt LaFleur represent? He was the opposite of McCarthy. He was young. He was intellectual. He was an intelligent guy. He could relate to Aaron Rodgers on a different level than, let's face it, Meathead McCarthy. Like, Aaron Rodgers did not see eye to eye with the Meathead. They wanted to get more of an intellectual, a guy that Aaron viewed closer to his level. And Nathaniel Hackett, one thing, again, back to my dad, the UC Davis guys, like, my dad was a farmer, but he, like, most of his friends were Davis guys. They're businessmen, but they're intellectual elitists. They just kind of think they're smarter than people because it's very, very hard to get into UC Davis. It is a high-level academic school. So to go to school there, and especially to do well there, you have to be intelligent. I'm, I'm just a state school guy. I, I got in there because I was born and raised there. I was not UC Davis necessarily material. Uh, just like I was, I didn't get into any UCs. UCLA, Cal, they all told me to kick rocks. Like They, they don't like guys like me. So my dad always actually looked down at me because I was a state school guy and he was a UC guy. Because these guys, they're intellectual, they're bright. My, my dad's way smarter than me than I ever was or ever will be. And I think Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers saw an eye, just like Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, who clearly have a pretty good relationship. Aaron Rodgers values, whatever you think about him, being around smart people. And because that's what he views himself as. Where did he go to school? Now, he was a JC transfer, but he went to the number one public university, not in California, not on the West Coast, not in America, in the world. It's called Cal Berkeley. Now, they might hide in trees and poop out of trees when they are protesting and they do some weird shit. I have nothing in common with people there. But when you step on that campus, you get some of the most brilliant people in the world. Now, just because you're brilliant, we've talked before, that doesn't always translate to success. For Rodgers, it has. And for a lot of, historically, coaching in football, Belichick, Walsh, the smartest guys are the best. So they hire Nat, Nate Hack, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I think the speculation is off and running that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Denver Bronco. And the way he did his contract, he controls if he wants to go there. I will be stunned if he doesn't end up there. And I've seen a lot on Twitter is like, why would he leave the Green Bay Packers? I've been saying that over and over. Why it's He wins every year. He's the number one seed. Maybe he's just over it. Like, I got news for you. I would, if you told me right now, you can make $38 million regardless where you live. Would you rather live in Cherry Hills where John Elway and Peyton Manning have called home? Peyton Manning, remember, left from Indianapolis, went to Denver for four years. Do you know what he's done? He never left. Why? Because Denver's a badass place to live. So this notion of like, why would he want to go through Mahomes and Herbert? He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't think like that. He doesn't care. He wants to go to Denver with this guy. I think he's over Green Bay, period, point blank. And they did this because clearly everyone was acting like they were going to get Dan Quinn. Well, maybe they would have, and they realized the way we get Rodgers is hire this guy. And now it feels like either Aaron Rodgers is going to retire or he's going to go to the Denver Broncos. Could be wrong. We'll see how it plays out. Now, there are some like, could they get Devontae Adams too? Wait, they don't, what are they going to do? Trade 17 first-round picks? I think you're only allowed to trade four at one time, which has never been done. But I, I, I can't go there yet. 
Uh, but I, right now, if I was a betting man, Aaron Rodgers will play for Hackett and be a Denver Bronco next year. Is that the right move, big picture football-wise? I would say probably not. He has a much easier path in Green Bay. I don't put much stock into the sewer over the salary cap. Cut some players. It's the NFL. The salary cap goes up every year. You can manipulate money. You can push money back. It's all bullshit. None of it. It's all accounting, moving it around. It doesn't mean a goddamn thing. So if the if he wanted to stay in Green Bay, they could reload with ease, re-sign Devontae Adams, go sign some free agents. They'd be fine, and they would win 12-plus games. He doesn't want to be there anymore. I think that's pretty clear. And I think Denver knows that. That's why they hired this guy. Now, all the reports that they really like this guy, I'm sure they did. I'm sure this guy's a cool guy. I don't know. I, I don't know him personally, but I think they did this for a reason. And if it gets some Aaron Rodgers, it was well worth it. Just like, you know, when Kentucky hires some guy's brother. Well, if it leads you to Anthony Davis, who gives a shit? I would have hired the guy's brother too. Okay, conference championship week. And listen, everyone... And I repeat, everyone can get on the action with a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. All customers get up to $10 back if your same-game parlay doesn't win. Same-game parlays let you combine multiple bets from one matchup for a big payout. You can combine bets on the money line, point spread, player stats, and so much more. Here's what I'm going to do. I am going to take the Chiefs money line, lock of the week, Chiefs money line. I'm going to also parlay that with the Chiefs minus seven. I think the Chiefs kill them. So I'm going Chiefs money line parlayed with the Chiefs money uh, minus seven. Easy. Already have an account. Just place your risk-free same game parlay on any conference championship game to qualify. New customers, join today with the promo code Colin to get your risk-free bet. Plus, if it's your first time betting with FanDuel, you can enjoy 30 to 1 odds on any team in the conference championship to win after using the promo code Colin. You can turn $5 bet into $150. That's promo code Colin on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee, Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? 
Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires. All-weather tires, dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Yokohama test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Now, there were a ton of GM hired over the last several days. And there also have been some coaches hired, right? Uberflus was hired. Let's start with Chicago. Ryan Poles. The Chicago Bears went with a football guy. Ryan Pulse, the guy played in college. He played for a minute in the NFL. He's been with Scott Pioli, and he's been with Andy Reid. This guy, to me, represents a football guy. So ultimately, as a general manager, your job is to pick players. And you get judged on who you pick in free agency in the draft. And Chicago, who has a long history of hiring football guys, went back to that well with Ryan Pulse, who was interviewing everywhere, was viewed as a high-level candidate, And I think it's a solid hire, but you never know. Like, I didn't know anything about Ryan Pace. I thought Ryan Pace was a solid hire. I think Ryan Pace is one of the worst GMs in recent memory. 
And knowing some people that were around him, not that impressive of a guy. Looks the part, great hair, skinny, on the Peloton, you know, walks in the room. You're like, that guy looks like a GM. But then when it comes to do GM stuff, couldn't do it. So I'm rooting for Ryan Poles. He hired Uberflus, which sometimes is hard to tell. Did he want Uberflus or was he told to hire Uberflus? I don't know. You know, this guy, one thing about Eric Bieniemy is a guy he was just with for seven years. So did he not want Eric Bieniemy? Did he want Eric Uberflus over him? I, I, I can't tell you. And then let's go to the Giants. Joe Shane. I think this one's pretty interesting. Is that one thing I've heard about the New York Giants. Do not get this twisted. John Mara has a, I mean, we know this, but he's going to dictate who the coach is. I do not think for one second that Joe Shane has 100% autonomy to hire whoever he wants. Because I've been told that if he did, Brian Dayball would already be their coach. But one thing that I've heard, and by the time you're listening to this, maybe they have a coach, is that the Maras are very, very uh, impressed, might be the wrong way to put it, but intrigued by Brian Flores. Well, Joe Shane, who has never worked with Brian Flores, who knows Chris Greer because he's been in Miami, wants no part of it. Brian Flores, I I did a little digging, heard some pretty bad things. (laughs) And not necessarily like, you know, doesn't know football, but not an easy guy to get along with. And we've talked about this before, but I talked to people that actually know, and they definitely confirm that. But I also, I mean, I heard Joe Judge was a laughingstock. I actually heard about a uh, pretty prominent player who spent some time around Joe Judge, who's now on another team. They made fun of him a lot to his uh, new coaches and uh, new executives. So some of these Bill guys, they think they're know-it-alls. They then act like assholes. And if I'm Joe Shane and I don't know this guy, I want no part. I I just left an incredible situation in Buffalo. I was going to be a GM 100% somewhere. If not this year, in the next couple years. I want to hire my own coach. Because I'm going to get judged on the players that I pick that he coaches. And I have to deal with him on a daily basis. So it shows you that the Maras have their hand all over this because the moment Joe Shane was announced, Brian Dayball would have been announced too. That's, I feel very, very confident on that information. Now, the information that I have on Joe Shane, people are very, very impressed with this guy. He's been working in the league for 20 plus years. I know a couple guys that have been around him. They love him. This guy's the real deal. Uh, I have heard glowing reviews on him. But to be successful as a general manager, this is not basketball or baseball. I don't get to write the lineup every day like I'm Farhan Zaidi or Billy Bean. My manager isn't irrelevant. My coach in the sport of football, even if I am the greatest player picker in the history of the league, my coach has to scheme and my coach has to run practice and my coach runs the games. I don't get to be on the headset. That, I guess if I'm Nick Casario, I could. But even him, like you only have so much juice as the main executive. You need your coach to be good. <clears throat> you are such a better general manager when your coach is Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. John Lynch looks a lot smarter because Kyle's his guy. Back to two NFC championships in three years. If they had Jim Tom Sula, they all would have been fired three years ago. You are very, very predicated. Your success on the coach. So I I think it's going to be very, very interesting in that building. Do the Maras get out of their own fucking way? Because one thing's clear. They have not lately. They they, they really have been a total joke, man. And I saw yesterday John Morrow was kind of getting defensive. 
Like, John, you've had three coaches in five years. You are now on your, basically your third general manager, right? Because they fired Jerry Reese to go to Gettleman. And now they're, like, you are running. And I mean running through people. Al Davis style. You're the New York Giants. And I think sometimes we think, and this is back to my agent comment, the agents right now in college football in the NFL are playing these owners and ADs like a fiddle. Just because you own an NFL team doesn't mean you know anything, especially most of these guys just inherited the team. And even someone like Dave Tepper, he just bought the team. He likes football. Doesn't mean he knows what he's doing. And the hardest thing in general in life, right, is to hire someone. Hiring is very, very difficult. You, you never know. Anyone can interview well, whether it's at the NFL Combine or whether it's interviewing for a job at Wells Fargo. You can impress in an interview. You can fake it, right? What's the statement? You can fake it till you make it? Well, it, it happens all the time. If, if it didn't, how would John Mara have just hired Joe Judge, a 37-year-old special teams coach that knows nothing about offense and defense? But he's like, oh, I'm a leader. No, Who in their right mind would want a CEO at 37 years old? That, that, that makes no sense, a CEO head coach. If I, I say it all the time. If I'm hiring a young guy, same goes for Nathaniel Hackett, I want you to call the plays. What, what can you call? Joe Judge can't call offense. Why? He never did. He, at least when you hired McAdoo and Shermer, those guys were the offensive play callers. Now it didn't work out, but at least I understand the logic. The Joe Judge is one of the most embarrassing hires in the, I mean, in the history of the franchise. And honestly, in the history of the league. Like, that's, that's a joke. That, that really is. And I know people that I talk to that know Joe Judge. They were like, listen, I like the guy, but are you fucking kidding me? Hire Joe Judge? And it played out exactly like, you know, many of them thought. Fired in two years. I mean, kind of, uh, and most Giants fans want to forget those last two years as quickly as possible. So I hope that they let this guy, who now has been around the NFL for 20 plus years, make his own hire. Doubt they will. Let's go to the Vikings. Uh, very hard name to say. I'll just call him Kwesi. Uh, he, I, I talked to some people with the 49ers that, that know him. His background, listen, if you look at his resume, it blows you away. This guy, unlike you know, people that work in football in their 20s, we don't make any money. When, when I first got hired at Fresno State, I made a scholarship tech. When I first got hired with the Eagles, I made $25,000. I was 25, 26 years old. I had friends making 140 grand working in real jobs. My friends that worked in finance. And when I came back from Philadelphia, I moved to San Francisco with a buddy, an Ivy League buddy who's from California that played baseball in the Ivy Leagues. He was working in finance, and he was probably 28 or 29 at the time. He had just bought an $800,000 condo, which I remember my parents walked in. It's kind of small in the city, thinking they were crazy. He ended up selling it for one five. They were the idiots. I even thought he was a little crazy, but I mean, he made a ton of money. And I was making 50 grand, and I was living high on the hog. This, this guy, I mean, I would imagine he was making seven, 800 grand. And I'll never forget because he worked at the one of the companies that Quessy worked at because this guy's an Ivy League guy, worked in finance, in mergers and acquisitions for Credit Suisse and some of these big banks. They work NFL hours. I'll never forget watching Bobby get up. You know, when I was working the road, I would come back, you know, and be work from home, you know, some weeks. And he would get up at 7 a.m. and I wouldn't see him again till midnight, Monday through Friday, working on deals, mergers of hotels, these massive deals. Now, he got paid a lot, unlike you know, guys in the league, especially the younger ones at the same age. But he worked similar hours, and the pressure was crazy. I mean, it was driving him nuts. I remember he ended up leaving to another company. 
But I, I remember being blown away by how intense it was. And you, you'd always read, especially for us on the West Coast, like what Wall Street, watch these movies about Wall Street, Boiler Room. But then watching it live, thinking like, God, this, this is no joke. It, it's really intense. And you have to be, I mean, Bobby's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. You, you work in banking and you go to the Ivy League and you get these jobs, you have to be able to handle stress and your intellectual capacity has to be sky high. It's it's for killers, winners, and just grinders. I mean, it's it's you got to be the total package. Now you're compensated, but so him doing that is very very impressive. But his background, ultimately, when you become the GM, you are judged on picking players. So because you're able to be really smart, that that matters. And I think in 2022, it's never been more important to be a general manager. And from what I've heard about Joe Shane, and same with Ryan Poles. They're bright guys. You have to be dynamic. And so, Quessy, more than even those guys, and even a lot of like John Lynch or Brett Veach, is going to be able to do things with a cap by himself. He'll be able to handle money stuff like the back of his hand. That, that, that's going to come the most naturally. And that's important. But ultimately, when it comes to free agency and specifically the draft, who do you pick? Do you draft Justin Jefferson or do you take Alex Leatherwood? Do, do, do you draft... You know, Nick Bosa, or do you take Cleveland Farrell? Who do you pick? Like, the reason Mike Mayock is kind of getting made fun of and got fired and no one cared, he whiffed on all his first-round picks. Now, was it him? I don't know. Like, maybe it's John Gruden. But you don't get judged on how smart you are. Like, well, it's a great contract. No, was the player any good? Did What player did you sign in free agency? And I watched his press conference. This guy is an impress. I'm not even saying that this guy is going to fail. Because you watch him and he said all the right things. He's an imp- His resume, this guy is smarter than the majority of people listening, including myself, if we combined all of our brains. But that doesn't mean you're going to be a good GM. Because as a GM, for all, you know, now you deal with the training staff, you deal with medical stuff, you obviously deal with the cap. Your number one job is to build a football team. And can this guy build a football team? Because they went very outside the box. Like this, this is a very, very outside the box. And I'm pro outside the box hires. And he said all the right things about collaboration. And the people with the Niners told me they think he'll hire a good scouting staff. And that's important. And he listens to a lot of people. But he will not get judged on how he can finagle the cap. He, he's going to get judged on who he drafts and who he signs in free agency. And who's on his team. Who he cuts. Who he trades for. That, that's it. Period. Point blank. End of story. You know? That's, that's, that's just it. And I, I think it's going to be fascinating. If this works, a lot more guys like him are going to get hired with this Princeton money background, because who are these owners going to love? Every single owner in the... I heard Coward say it yesterday. Every single owner in the NFL is a billionaire. And let's face it, most of them were billionaires when they came in. Their net worth now has increased dramatically in the last five to 10 years. And it keeps increasing at incredibly high rates. So who do they relate to? People that can talk money, right? They like... And I've been around Jeffrey Lurie. He likes talking football players, but I bet he likes talking money just as much. Revenue, margins, depreciation, and money guys can talk that. You know who can't? Football people. Because football people focus the majority of their effort, and rightfully so, on players, on the game, on scouting. And this guy's background is really, really fascinating. Now, who he hires, we'll see. And that's going to be another thing. Now, I, I, I don't know. I mean, as of recording this, he hasn't hired anyone. My gut says... 
He spent some time in San Francisco around D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans, I was with him in Philly when we traded for him, known as one of the smartest guys in the league, high character guy. I, that that one would make a lot of sense. Uh, but, I, but I'm going to be fascinated to watch this guy from a scouting perspective. Say one thing about the Minnesota Vikings and, and Rick Spielman, who's a football guy. They drafted pretty well. They signed a lot of good players over the years. They've had very, very, they've had a ton of pro bowlers of the year. Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Kendricks, Harrison Smith, Daniel Hunter, you know, Xavier Rhodes for a while. Like the the talent was not their issue, right? Now, Cousins, did he get overpaid a little bit? Maybe. But, you know, really what let him down the last couple of years was coaching and their secondary. He, you know, Spielman missed on some picks, but this guy's going to miss on some picks. Is he going to hit on as many pro bowlers? Because that's all really fans care about. Not like, you know, he he circumvented the cap. The, the New Orleans Saints have been in cap hell for a decade. They go to playoffs every year. No one gives a shit. It's just outside the box is is awesome. And it's a, it's a good thing for other people in other areas. But unlike baseball, and I see it firsthand with the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants now who copied the A's in my backyard, the general managers can run the game. They can run the team. It's why the Giants pay the majority of their coaches seventy-five grand. It's why the Oakland A's pay nothing for coaches. Why they let Bob Melvin, Billy runs it, and Dave Forrest runs it, and Friedman runs it. All these general managers run it. You can't do that in football. That is not the way it works. You're, there's a reason coaches make fifteen and twenty million dollars. They're the most important guy in the building. Now, I'm not saying I saw Questy say, and he's right. I work for the coach. And, and I mean, he knows that he's, he's seen it firsthand with Stefanski and Kyle, but it's just like, I think some of these owners, you know, are trying to, you know, maybe go cheap some areas. We'll see. I, I just think this is going to be a fascinating case study. The other thing I've heard, and again, this might be out by the time you hear the podcast. I was told by several people, Trent Baalke will not survive. If Byron Leftwich is going to be the next head coach of the Jags. And I heard that yesterday and I saw it today on the internet. Trent Baalke will be relieved of his duties. And because because Byron Leftwich will not work for Trent Baalke. And you see some of the rumors today of Vic Fangio and Trent Baalke. That's Trent Baalke trying to survive. And there is nobody who's a better survivor, maybe than like MacGyver or, you know, just Navy SEALs than Trent Baalke. Trent Baalke somehow survived Harbaugh into Jim Tom Sula and then into Chip Kelly. I wouldn't let, like, I, for whatever reason, and again, in my interaction, cool to me. The NFL and coaches can't stand the guy. He is toxic in NFL circles. Uh, for I, I don't have all the details, but I just know that people do not like him. <laughs> that that's not an opinion. That's a fact. So if Byron Leftwich, who is you know I think is very very interested in being the next head coach of the Jags. Trent Baalke will not be his general manager. And Shad Khan will have to fire them. And this is, I remember thinking this with forever with the Niners when they kept Trent Baalke and going through coaches. The, the Giants finally did it. You have to blow it up sometimes. Sometimes you got to detonate the motherfucker and start from scratch. And Tr- Shad Khan is trying to kind of circumvent that, right? He, whether he feels obligated because Trent and Urban didn't work and he wants to, I, I don't know. But if you want to get who you view as the best candidate, you probably got to fire Trent Baalke. So that, that would be my educated guess that if Byron Leftwich becomes the next head coach of the Jags, he'll pick his own general manager or they'll put him with someone else. And Trent Baalke will be uh, 
I love this phrase, relieved of his duties. <laughs> Let's talk about the games because we have uh, we have two pretty good football games. Uh, I watched today, I was on the treadmill, you know, health as well, so get a little sweat on this morning. Uh, actually, Stairmaster, you know, I, I don't stand straight up sometimes, I lean over, probably not great for, uh, you know, it says you burn a lot of calories, but who, who knows. Uh, and I, I take my iPad and I, I go to the NFL Game Pass and I, I threw on Week 17. Chiefs, Bengals. The Chiefs were up on the road 21 to 7 and 28 to 14. And it kind of hit me this morning. I think you can make the argument that over the last, I think Rodgers was the best player start to finish. No problem with him winning the MVP. Brady was obviously awesome. But I think the last seven, eight weeks, maybe six, seven weeks, the two best players in the league have been Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, but specifically Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. They've scored the last two weeks in the playoffs, 84 points. Now, I know one went to overtime, 84 points. 84 points. Well, in that game, they had 28 points in the first half. That They were in cruise control. This guy is on a complete... This guy is going couple-year throwback. Like, hey, guys, remember me? I'm the guy that signed for $450 million. He was eviscerating them. And I think the Chiefs, in a vacuum, are 10 points better than these guys. So now at home, at Arrowhead... And I know Joe Burrow said he's never seen a stadium yet that's louder than the SEC, and I get it. He played at Tiger Stadium. Well, get ready, because this place is going to be bananas. And you're playing the best player in the sport of football with two of the best teammates in the sport of football. And I would say right now, the best coach in football. So I like the Chiefs, and I like them big. Now, Honey Badger I saw today is back at practice. One thing I was told by people with the Chiefs because last week, obviously, was a joke, right? Gabriel Davis is wide open. It's like, what's going on? It's one thing if your corner slips, but it was happening every play. They're like, Honey Badger is the communicator on our defense. He lines everybody up. So they're not rolling out Deion Sanders, right? Or Darrell Reeves. That's not, the Chiefs don't have elite cover guys. And even Honey Badger, now at this point in time of his career, is a little older. He is one of the smartest players in the NFL. And once he got the concussion in that game... That threw, that threw everything off for them. And their alignment and assignments, and they were out of whack. So he's going to play in this game. And if he plays in that game, obviously they gave up. Jamar Chase looked like Randy Moss meets Jerry Rice meets Terrell Owens. He, if, if you didn't see a box score, you'd be like, he had 20 catches for 500 yards and six touchdowns. He eviscerated the Chiefs. There is no way. As, as someone told me in Kansas City, like if he does that again, we deserve to lose. And that's a fact. If you can't, I would do what the Niners just did to Devontae. You double team him. What the Bills should have done to Tyreek Hill, double team him. Have two guys, one one below, one ahead, bracket, do whatever the fuck you want. Double team him at the line of scrimmage. I don't care what you do. You send two guys wherever number one goes. Because under no circumstances can number one have 300 yards like he did last game. And I would imagine Steve Spagnola, who once upon a time might have taken down, I don't know, the greatest offense we've ever seen, can figure something out the second time around. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs big in this game. Joe Burrow has had an incredible season. Jamar Chase, offensive rookie of the year. It's been awesome to watch. Nothing but respect. They got to be one of the youngest, cooler teams in the league. That uh, They deserve all their flowers, as the kids would say. But this is the Chiefs' time. They're, they're going to head to the Super Bowl, and they're going to be the they're going to be favored uh, against whoever they play. And then for the main event, because really the AFC's main event was last week, Bills Chiefs, which would have been. Aw- Can you imagine how sweet it would have been if it's Bills Chiefs? And I'm not trying to diminish the Bengals. You deserve to be here. And, and the Bills and Chiefs, 
screwed up with the seating and everything, but God, it would be awesome. It was Bills, Chiefs, Niners, Rams. Kyle Shannon has beat this guy six times in a row. Six times in a row. Six times in a row. That's pretty nuts, right? That's that's wild. Obviously, the connection of the two of them. There was a really good article by uh, one of Bill Simmons' little minions on The Ringer about the two guys and how their offenses are way different. And it was fascinating. Obviously, once you start reading it and saying it out loud, it makes a lot of sense. Sean McVay runs a passing offense. He, that's why he wanted Matt Stafford. He wants to go three and four wide and throw the rock around. Kyle Shanahan's the opposite. Kyle Shanahan has two running backs because one of his running backs is a fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, who's one of the most underappreciated guys in the league. He is a star. I think he's going to a sixth straight Super Bowl or Pro Bowl or whatever. He loves running the ball. Kyle Shanahan dreams about slamming the ball down your throat with toss plays. Debo or Elijah Mitchell. Where Matt Stafford and Sean McVay want to throw bombs. So they're kind of polar opposites of teams, right? But the Matt Stafford that the 49ers have seen during the season, week 18 and then whatever, week 6 or 7 or whenever they played earlier in the season on that Monday night game, four interceptions. Turned the ball over at a high rate. And the Niners took advantage of it. And the week 18 game... He had a couple interceptions in the second half. Obviously, the interception that ended the game. But another one that got the Niners... I guess the game was tied at the time, but it was a huge momentum swing. And the Matt Stafford that we've seen the last couple weeks in the playoffs has not turned the ball over. He's been magnificent. If Matt Stafford is going to play like he has the last two weeks, I think the Rams win. Here's the problem. The 49ers' pass rush is dominant. The Rams' offensive line, not great. And a big reason that they're 6-0 against them the last six games is because the 49ers kicked the shit out of them at the point of attack. The line of scrimmage. The one place still in the NFL, and really the sport of football, where you're allowed to be physical. You're allowed to, you know, crack skulls. You're not allowed to hit anyone anywhere else. But at the line of scrimmage, you are. And the 49ers defensive line, led by their defensive line coach, Chris Kasurik, just gets after your ass. And they sack. Matt Stafford, the last several times they've played him, they dominated the line of scrimmage in the two playoff games. And to me, if the Niners are going to win, that's going to be the difference. Debo Samuel, they ha- they have not been able to stop him. He is he has thrown for a touchdown. He's caught a touchdown. He's ran for several touchdowns against the Rams this season. Now, the, the Rams, what they had going for him, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, in that Week 18 game, had some terrible interceptions. And he could have had several more interceptions. He, you know... He just He's not a trustworthy player. He, at any given moment, can throw the ball to your team. And Jalen Ramsey is a superstar. And I think his physicality, to me, he's kind of the uh, new age Richard Sherman, at, makes everyone else in that secondary physical. The Rams secondary will tackle, and they can all make plays on the ball, beside maybe Taylor Rapp, who's just a guy. But I, if Jimmy Garoppolo turns the ball over, it's hard to overcome turnovers in... In the playoff games. It's just, it's very hard. The Niners got very lucky that Jimmy's red zone interception last week didn't cost him the game because it should have. He throws the red zone pick and then Aaron Rodgers throws the ball to Aaron Jones and they are able to block a a kick that would have been a 10 point lead at halftime. It would have been bad. And then the Niners get a turnover on the block punt, right? Actually, all the turnovers really for the most part in that game. I guess the Mercedes Lewis had a fumble and Jimmy had a pick, but the Packers had multiple turnovers and really obviously that punt block in the kicking game. So if you're going to turn the ball over in the second half of these tight games, you're going to lose. Now, I, I just it's, it's impossible to avoid a Jimmy Garoppolo interception because he throws interceptions. 
But if they can get Matt Stafford as well to turn the ball over, because he was a turnover machine this season. Turnover machine. But it's gone away these last two weeks. And, uh, I mean, I like the 49ers in this game. But if Matt Stafford is going to play like he has the two, last two weeks, the, the Rams could easily win. Um, can't wait to watch this thing. I think this has a chance to, kind of like Mahomes and Allen. Have you guys seen the NFC? Sean Payton just retired. Well, I would say the two best coaches in the NFC, beside Kyle and Sean, are Pete Carroll and Bruce Arians. Google their age. Both 70 years old. They're not coaching much longer. So look at the rest of the NFC. Uberflus. The Giants don't even have a coach yet. Uh, Matt Rule. Uh, the Saints don't have a coach. Mike McCarthy. Like, you start going around. Cliff Kingsbury. How are these guys not going to kick the shit out of everyone for the foreseeable future? That they are... If we did an NFC coaching draft, especially if you factored in age, these would be a lock to go one and two. There would be a wide gap. Who, who would be even be next? Like Nick Sirianni was solid this year. We'll see. You know, he's got to get a quarterback. But I, I've seen Kyle Shanahan win without quarterbacks. He's won with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I, I these guys are on a completely different level. Incredible coaching matchup. And I think something we're going to see for a long period of time. And uh, let's let's enjoy these games on Sunday because... It's going to be a long offseason. Well, luckily, there's a lot going on in the offseason. We'll keep talking football. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires, all weather tires, dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Vredestein test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, You have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. 
And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the uh, is the old Instagram handle. And let's find my requests. Start with, uh, let's start with Johnny here. Johnny. Hey, John. Fan. Hopefully the Niners can run and control the clock and keep the Rams offense off the field. Pressure and rattle Stafford and get this win. No question. I agree. Hey, John. Huge Ravens fan. I've always heard how great their front office and scouts are. As a former scout, could you elaborate what sets them apart? Teams like the Eagles, Steelers, Ravens, it's just as simple as consistency at the top or something else. By the way, big fan of Raw Podcasts are. Feels listening to a conversation you'd have with a buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, Austin. That's a great question. I mean, I I worked with Daniel Jeremiah, who came from there. Uh, I think it started with Ozzy. I I think it started with their culture of toughness and physicality. Uh, I mean, think about the players they had, right? From Haloti Nada to Ray Lewis to Ed Reed to Terrell Suggs to Anquan Bolden. They, they just had tough guys, man. They, they, they really did. They had they had a formula of the type people that they wanted. And, you know, I, I think that still rings somewhat true. It's a little different. Eric DaCosta, who was there with those guys. They just had a lot of good, I think, scouts over the years. You know, Joe Douglas, Ian Cunningham, who's now with the Eagles, Phil Savage for a long time, Daniel Jeremiah... Uh, they, they, they just had a kind of a core group of guys. I think Andy Weidel was from there that just, just football guys. It, it's a, it's a football guy culture. You know, I, I, I think it's, that's probably the best I can elaborate having never been there, but I always respected, you just watch their team play. When you watch their team play, they were trying to knock you out. Why are the Titans not mentioned as a destination for quarterbacks like Rogers and Russ? They have a solid roster and a perfect coach. I'm sure respected around the league. Feels like they're just a quarterback away. Because Ryan Tannehill's on the books. Let me bring up his contract. I don't think they can get rid of Ryan Tannehill this year. So if you can't get rid of him, who's going to... I mean, I think you'd be able to trade for him or trade him, right? Like would the football team or some of these teams that are missing a quarterback. But if I go to his contract, he signed a big deal. So this year... His dead cap is $57 million. $57 million. Ryan Tannehill's not going anywhere. He's on the team. Ryan Tannehill, quarterback of your Tennessee Titans. But yeah, if Ryan Tannehill, if they get away from him, they would be a destination. Nashville, one of the best cities in America. Mike Vrabel, good good roster pieces. It's him, man. 
I haven't followed the Sean Payton news that closely, but would it be crazy if the Bills to reach out to him? Not going to say that McDermott is a bad coach, but a defensive coach until his unit lost the game. I know that he had the lowest yards against points allowed, and they play Mac, Tua, and Zach Wilson six times a year, free games for the defense. I think with Dayball leaving, there's a good enough OC available to get the most out of Allen. Well, as before we go too much more in depth on this question, Sean Payton, I saw him on with Dan Patrick. Uh, the Saints own his rights. If you wanted to get Sean Payton, one, he doesn't want to coach. He mentioned that. Like, he's adamant. He's burned out. He wants to take a break. He wants to take a deep breath. He's not coaching this year. But if he wanted to, you'd have to trade them a first-round pick. Now, I think teams would, but he's not just a free agent. And I, I think if you've seen him talk, he is not coaching this year. It's not happening. Niners have been in the NFC Championship game five of the last 11 seasons. Time for Shanahan to get the ring and start creating a legacy. I agree. Well, Andy Reid thinks he's getting ring number two. So uh, Sean McVay thinks he's getting ring number one. It's football, man. It's hard. Uh, the, these games are very, very difficult. Assuming Deshaun Watson's off the field issues get resolved. I don't know why we assume that. You know, I, I, I've heard that, you know, basically what people inside the NFL think is that Deshaun Watson didn't like going out and partying. So he used the masseuses to hook up, right? He would bring them over and, and people in the NFL do not think anything nefarious happened necessarily, but there's no way to know. And until like, I, why do we think this is just going to go away? If you follow the legal system, it, I, I don't think things just go away. So I, I don't know if that's a lock for it just to go away. I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to go to jail or anything, but I don't know, man. I mean, he's, it sure hasn't gone away and it's been going on for six months or something been longer than that. So I don't know. Do the Eagles, if it does go away, I think the Eagles would 100% trade for him. If it does go away, I think a ton of teams would 100% trade for him. But right now, it's not going away. These, I I don't know. I, I have no clue what happened, beside from what I've heard. And clearly, he was just hooking up with all the massage therapists. Now, was he sexually assaulting them? That's something for the legal system to figure out. And I'm not, you know, I'm just a state school guy. I don't have any legal background. I, I don't know how it's going to play out. Been listening. Enjoy. Uh, my question from from Kenan. My question is uh, concerns the New York Giants. We all can see that Danny Dimes likely will never be a quarterback that can lead the Giants to success. However, beyond their defensive ends and offensive line, I believe they have a solid roster. Do you think if the Giants were to somehow land an elite talent at quarterback through the draft or perhaps acquire Russell Wilson, through a trade with Seattle, they would be able to compete with the top-tier teams in the NFL again and return to true contention. Uh, if they got Russell Wilson, I think they could be good immediately. Yes. Uh, do I think they're going to get Russell Wilson? I don't. I, I don't think they're going to... I don't think the Seattle wants to trade him. I don't think they're going to trade him. So if they don't trade him, he's just not available and you got Danny Dimes. Like, did you... John, you listen to John Mara talk? John Morrow thinks Danny Dimes is not the problem, which to me is a little crazy. Um, it's not totally his fault. Their offensive line has sucked. Saquon Barkley's about as fast as me the last couple years since his injury. But obviously, if you get Russell Wilson, you would trade pick five, seven, and you trade three once without even blinking. You, you wouldn't even hesitate. I, I just don't think he's going to be available. If he is, I think the Giants would make a ton of sense, depending on who their coach is. You're the only one that called Sean Payton leaving. That was spot on. Well, I only called him leaving because I saw that it was kind of out there in the ether. 
I saw Michael Lombardi. I, I listened to his podcast. He brought it up a couple weeks ago. And then my, my point was just simple. Like if, if you're starting to think about retirement as a player or a coach, you're gone. It's over. And you hear him talk like he was just burned out. That's what Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, and uh, Trevor Simeon will do to you. One thing that he kind of mentioned that was clear, he didn't like coaching without Drew Brees around. I don't blame him. Coaching without a quarterback sucks. That's That blows. Charger fan here. I've been a fan since I was a kid and I've watched us blow through great players. LT, Gates, Rivers. I understand the skepticism, the skepticism, can't even speak, toward Brandon Staley. But from a fan's perspective, I thought if we made the playoffs, we would be a year ahead of where I thought we were. Also, the aggressive mentality has been the breath of fresh air after eight years of conservative, predictable play calling. If we can sure up our defense, get a yak receiver, I think we have a good chance of making it to the tournament and winning playoff games. P.S. Out of curiosity, I have heard nothing but good about Staley from former players and coaches. I've looked for negative reports and haven't been able to find any. I know you're obviously well-connected, but I was just curious if you've heard. Yeah, I mean, I just people thought that I know that have been around him that he was a know-it-all and that he's kind of fake. Now, you know, schematically, he was with Fangio, you know, the year in in, uh, L.A., but I saw Raheem Morris, they're good in L.A. They have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They have good players. Uh, my, my issue with him is just more, I, I just feel like, is this guy a real human? Why, why does he talk? Why does it, Why do I feel like everything he says is trying to get the media to like him? That's, that's what bothers me. And then his defense was terrible and he's a defensive play caller. He inherited a top five quarterback. I have talked to several NFL teams. The way an NFL team operates is you grade every player throughout the year. So every single player in the league is graded. Well, multiple teams tell me they have Justin Herbert graded as a top five quarterback. Top five. To not make the playoffs with a top five quarterback, to me, is just, it's unacceptable. I, I, I think it's a fireable offense. I know you don't talk a lot of college ball a lot, but I wanted to get your take on Josh Heupel. As, a, as an alum, I'm obviously biased and think he did a great job in year one uh, without an abundance of talent. Just curious what you think about the program. Well, the SEC East is way easier beside Georgia than the West. So if he's good and he's been good as a head coach, he learned under Stoops. I mean, this guy's this guy's coached and played now at a really high level and now been a head coach. He's won a lot. My scouting buddies don't love him. I think he can be a little bit of a, you know, a little rough around the edges. Not, not Mr. Pro, but they're biased. He's not just pro NFL guys. And maybe it's because he didn't have an NFL career. But yeah, he's a good coach. And I don't see why they can't be the second best team in the SEC East. You know, he's basically, Georgia's in a completely different world. But why couldn't he be better than Billy Napier in Florida? And then you just got to, you know, Stoops is good too. I I guess the SEC East isn't terrible if Napier's good because Stoops is good. But yeah, I mean, it's just... It's probably never going to be what it was like when I was a kid in the late 90s with Peyton and Fulmer and then T. Martin. But if you can just be competitive, which you should be, Ole Miss is competitive. I mean, think about that. Ole Miss is competitive. If Ole Miss is competitive, you should be competitive. Born and raised in Fresno, appreciate the Bulldog connection and a big Barry sports fan. Question for the mailbag. Obviously, the season, it seemed like it was Jimmy G's last season and Trey Lance would be taken over in the offseason. Obviously, with the playoff run that's starting to look a little less likely or with his playoff run starting to look a little less likely. 
What do you see as the possible scenarios based on if we win or lose this week, Jimmy and Trey's future? I don't think it matters with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to get traded this offseason. He makes $25 million. Part of having a young quarterback, especially when you draft him high, is playing him on the rookie contract, like Herbert, like Mahomes, like Josh Allen, like Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> because you Trey Lance makes like five, six million dollars. So Jimmy makes he makes $20 million less. That's $20 million to invest. And then the salary cap goes up. That's $30, $40 million to use to improve the team. Now, there is no guarantee that Trey Lance is would be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo right away. More than likely, he would not. And watching him this year, he is a major project. But that's why Kyle Shanahan makes like $12 million. You got to coach his ass all offseason and all training camp and during the season. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's done no matter what. Whether that's the right or wrong move, you know, who knows? After seeing Mahomes and Allen lighting up Sunday, do you think that a quarterback like Malik Willis can start jumping ahead of better quarterbacks in the draft because of his athleticism? I'm a Patriot fan, felt good about Mac until watching the game and knowing the offensive, knowing that offensively it will be hard to compete against those freak athletes for the next decade. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Malik Willis is going to go dramatically higher than he should just simply because of his physical attributes. If you watch Malik Willis, he is a major project. He makes Josh Allen look like John Elway coming out of college. But when you're big and physical, huge arm, I, he's probably a lock first round pick. Right or wrong, he's going to go high. So yeah, I mean, I think he'll benefit. He should send thank you letters to guys like Josh Allen. <clears throat> and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was a pretty big project too. He was not Mr. Accuracy in college. I'm tired of people complaining about the OT rules. I'm a Chiefs fan and both sides of the coin flip and been on both sides of the coin flip. My brother and I were, because th- yeah, you're, you lost the game to the Patriots. My brother and I were throwing around dumb ideas for new OT rules. We thought, run out both kickers, start them at the 30-yard line and keep backing them up until one misses. No one gets hurt and both teams have a fair chance. That's a, that'd be a little bit like a shootout in hockey or, or soccer. Don't hate that. Again, I don't mind the rules. The rules, the rules. Is it fair? Is life fair? Is life fair? I'm bald. Many of you listening have great hair. Is that fair? You know, I I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, life's not fair. So I, I I don't. It just doesn't bother me at all. Now I also had the Chiefs money line in that game, but you're the first male or female DMs I've slid into. From Michael, my wife and I met before social media was big, as it is now. My question for the mailbag, if Rodgers goes to the Broncos, is Denver going to be known as the location where legends go to finish their final years? Peyton Manning, Joe Flacco. I know he's not done. I wouldn't call Joe Flacco necessarily. I wouldn't put him and Peyton Manning in the same breath, but I hear what you're saying. But they are trying hard with guys that have been in the league rather than build up someone in the draft. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 you know, Peyton could have gone several places. He chose Denver more because of Elway and they let him run his offense. The Rodgers thing now would be he wants to come West Coast. I mean, Denver's an incredible city. An absolutely incredible city. I, I, I really don't think we need to overthink it. It is an awesome place to live. And Rodgers is from the West Coast. He wants to live in the West Coast. He doesn't want to be in Green Bay by himself. It, it could just be as simple as that. Denver's a great city. Great cities attract successful people. It's why, you know, it's like why I want to go to Scottsdale. I think Scottsdale's badass. 
It's why people are moving to Vegas. It's why people are moving to Austin. It's why people are moving to Nashville. I, 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 come, I, I live in the Bay Area, one of the richest places in the world. I, I drive around. Every fucking place is old. It feels old. It just feels old. We're not building anything new. It's too expensive. Everything's old. You go to Scottsdale. You go to Nashville. It feels new. It just feels, it, it feels fresh. Of course. It's pro-business. It's easy to build. It's less expensive. You know, I, 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 when you go to these other places, you live somewhere that's kind of old, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, we're not building anything new here. I, I think part of it's just like, you go to Denver, it just feels fresh. The, and part of it's the air. Just, I love breathing mountain air. Huge fan of the pod. I look forward to listening on, on my commute. Appreciate it. Question for the pod from Nick. Not sure if you've ever been asked, in your opinion, who is the best free agent player to get cut by a team to later make another squad and have a long career in the league. Uh, also, if you ever travel out to Colorado, you should hit me up. We are members at Ravina Golf Club and would take you out for a round. Fuck yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Uh, <clears throat> uh, James Harrison was cut. I mean, he's a pretty big legend. Uh, that's one that comes to mind, James Harrison. Mike Vrabel, I think, was cut by the Steelers. Probably, I mean, there's a lot, right? There, there's, I'd have to make a list. There, there's surely a lot. Big fan. Been a massive Chargers fan my whole life, and I'm really wondering when it's time to move on from Telesco. Since the Chargers hired him in 13, we have zero division titles. The only We've only reached the playoffs twice and have a 71-78 record. I know we're always praised for having great roster before the season begins, but it also seems to be disappointing. Well, they hire the wrong coaches. I mean, Anthony Lynn, Mike McCoy, Brandon Staley. Part of it is their owner. Their owner is so cheap. He won't hire Sean Payton. He won't hire Andy Reid. He will not hire a $12 million coach. He hires $5 million coaches. And then they bitch and moan when they don't win. It's a coaching league. I don't know Telesco. I know Coward and Gottlieb are good buddies with him, but it's you got to get good coaches. And he doesn't cut the check to the coaches. The owner does, and the owner lives for cheap coaches. It's his MO. And it's his right. I mean, it's his team, but let's call a spade a spade. If you don't have a $10 million coach, you're not winning big. Look at the coaches right now. I mean, Zach Taylor's doing a little bit with Burrow, but McVay, $10 plus million coach. Kyle, $10 plus million coach. Andy Reid, $15 million coach. It's cost of doing business. It's just a cost of doing business. And Dean Spanos would rather put it in a savings account. <laughs> and in, with inflation in America, just loses money. I don't know. But he does not like spending it on his coaches. Even though the ROI on a coach, I mean, is like incredible. Uh, hard to say, but I'm a diehard Washington fan. Back-to-back seven-win seasons under Riverboat Ron. Question is the obvious eyesore and weak point for the team going uh, for numerous years. What do you think they do this offseason with top 10 cap space, number 11 pick overall, and hopefully not a joke of a new name? They, they need to get a quarterback. I don't know how they do that. Do they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Do they sign Marcus Mariota? To hopefully they catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, you know, if Derek Carr became available, would they sign him? They have to get a quarterback. Until they have a quarterback, nothing else matters. Absolutely nothing else matters for them. They have to find a quarterback. Draft a guy. I don't think there necessarily is, but... I don't know, man. I, I that that to me is your problem. They need a starting quarterback who's, you know, decent. 
from David. Do you think there should be a rule on players returning for the playoffs? In my opinion, a team should have a player active for multiple weeks or at least have them on the field for a snap during the last regular season game. With guys like J.J. Watt and Derrick Henry, I just feel like it's unfair to rehab guys What if they're not ready. You can come back in the regular season whenever you want. You just come back in football when you're ready. I, I, what, what, if J.J. Watt, he came back from a torn bicep labrum. Like it's he wasn't ready week eighteen. Same with Derrick Henry. Like I don't I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. You come back when you come back. Because you come back when you're ready to play, and when you're ready to play, like I I, I have no issue with it. Absolutely no issue. Football guys get injured. We'll end it on that. You come back when you come back. Appreciate everyone listening. Um, subscribe to the Three and Out podcast. I need you to subscribe to the podcast. And uh, and take it easy. Talk to everyone soon. Peace. The volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.